The female reproductive system is a true miracle. But how much do we really understand? Because you care about down there. It's the V-Files on the juice. It's that time again and I welcome the lovely ladies Sahara and Amanda from Weaving the Red Thread back to the juice. These ladies are absolutely passionate about spreading the word about menstrual health and what our cycle looks like and today I'm really excited to go on a journey because our menstrual cycle is an amazing journey that we start quite young and takes us right through into our middle years. We're going to unpack that today. Ladies, how are you? Thank you so much for having us on. We, I'm feeling really good and really well. Um, I thought that, Louise, we could also start with a bit of a cycle check-in. Absolutely. I'm loving our cycle check-ins. It's become mm-hmm. like a little bit of a ritual that we do at the start of each segment. And uh, I make sure that I have the answer for you. I make sure that I've worked it out and it's, <laughs> you know, in my head before we chat because I know that you're going to ask me, but it is super helpful. And so today I am on day seven. Fantastic. So you're in your spring. I am in my spring. How's that feeling for you? Yeah, my energy levels are starting to come up. This time in my winter, it really sort of knocked me flat. I slept a lot. Um, Mm. But I think that that was also because it coincided with the end of the school term and a lot of things sort of wrapping up and my body just went, and rest. And I did (laughs) listen to it. So um, my energy levels are starting to come back up. Um, I I can feel that today. Yesterday I was still a little bit sluggish and today I'm sort of starting to get – sort of get back to normal I'm not in my full flight yet but I'm um I'm definitely sort of coming back up energy wise and um yeah want to I'm not as uh partial to chocolate so my chocolate craving's gone down probably the wrong week for it but um yeah so I'm that's sort of where I'm sitting yeah yeah fantastic so Sahara where are you in your cycle I'm cycle day 17 and I can feel that my energy is slowly starting to decrease. So I don't feel like I've crossed over into my inner autumn yet, but I feel like I'm at that end of summer where there's still vitality, but the days are getting long and I'm looking forward to a shift in how I'm operating. It's been a high creative output and I know that I'm needing rest so that I can revitalize, so that I can keep creating. And the fact that that's aligned with my cycle moving into the inner autumn, um, it feels really perfect because also I want to reflect on all the creation that I've been doing and see how it's been working where things may not have been flowing. And so it just feels beautiful that there's a bit of spaciousness um, to start to go a bit inwards um, and allow the cycle to support me in my creative process. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. And I am day 20, so I'm right in my autumn and in that time of my cycle that I'm quite conscious of my self-care practices and supporting my stress and and my nervous system response. So I am taking a little bit more time to slow down. I'm I'm out of that transition that Tahara was speaking about and, and really in that autumn of 
of contemplation and reflection and sitting in just taking things a little bit more slowly. Yeah. I really love how you describe um, the, the weeks of our cycle and it just has worked out perfectly that we're, you, we're all in different seasons. Mm. So I'm in my spring, um, you're in your summer, but it's getting, it's getting long. And then Amanda, you're in your autumn. And I love that analogy. And it really does speak to the fact that we are talking about a cycle that is not just the week of your period, it does go all month long as any cycle does. A moon doesn't disappear because it's not full. No, yeah, not at all. Um, and a way you can think about that with the moon is that the moon is always present. It's relationship to the earth and the sun to how much it is being illuminated by the sun. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing its process of illumination as it moves towards full moon, which is akin to our energy in the menstrual cycle growing to ovulation. And then we see it decreasing like our energy in the menstrual cycle decreases as we're moving towards menstruation. So it's a beautiful way to actually um, start tracking your own energy and having a reference point because we can see the moon and we can see where its light is growing or decreasing and we can start to reflect on how does that make me feel? Mm. How am I aligned with that? Yeah. And sometimes our menstrual cycles are aligned with the moon and therefore the energies are complementary and other times they're not and therefore you can have different rhythms and different energies at work, which can sometimes be more challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so as we talked about, uh, we're going on a bit of a journey today. So let's talk about the journey that is menarche. Awesome. So menarche is our first period um, and it begins, it's an entry, a doorway, a portal into menstrual cyclical living. And to understand the journey, um, we're using a word called menstruality. Mm. And this word is a word that was birthed by Jane Catherine Savon um, in 2004. So it's a very new word that a lot of people have never heard about. And she used it to describe the four M's, menarche, menstruation, menopause, and the mature years. At Weaving, we've expanded and brought out different aspects of that so that we can really um, define this holistic biological journey that girls, women and menstruators go on across their whole lifetime. Right, yeah. I love those four M's. Like that does really sort of uh, speak to the the different stages that we go through as women. Um, So let's start at the very beginning. (laughs) man you want to kick us off (laughs) at the very beginning oh my goodness so as we step through puberty and or we we grow through puberty and we've just spent the weekend educating and nourishing and supporting these beautiful girls and mothers so we've lived in this land over the last few weeks and months um but as we step through that puberty portal and into our first menstrual cycle we then step into menstrual cyclical living and we start to learn about our body and our mind and our emotions and our spirit and our sexuality. 
And we start to use that menstruality rhythm that each month starts to teach us about our body, our self-care needs, and how we can live in alignment with those four phases that we are really clearly defining in the menstrual cycle. Right. So through that menstrual cyclical living, we have lots of time in that portal. You know, we have girls starting their menarche as young as eight or as as late as 16 is, is normal for menarche to occur for a girl or a menstruator. And then we continue that menstrual cyclical living process, either choosing to have fertility and choosing conceptions and children or not. And we continue that until we've come to the next transition point, which is our menstrual menopause transition. Right. Okay. So just circling back to when when girls start, so the menarche, mm. the body, I would assume, prepares for that um, sort of in the months leading up to it. What are some of the, um, the I guess, things that um, – we could look for in our daughters if we were sort of thinking, mm, I think this might happen any time. Mm. Yeah. It actually, our body starts to prepare years before we receive our first menarche. Wow. And so okay. we start to see that process of the brain speaking to the ovaries, using hormones and waking the body up and asking them to mature and asking them to continue to grow and create more hormones. And we see that flow into the body of the girls as we see their breasts beginning to bud, their hair beginning to grow, their hips beginning to widen, they begin to store a little bit more fat content so that we can get to this point where the body has, the brain has stimulated the ovaries enough and spoken to them and and asked them to work in a way that they've got that first ovulation that occurs. Now, just if we flow with the moon, if we start to do that cyclical awareness of where is the moon, how are our rhythms happening, and we start to embed this within girls that don't have a menstrual period, they can start to actually track and follow some of the symptoms. And as mum, I would imagine that it's much easier to watch our daughters externally and look at, is there a monthly rhythm here? Is there a particular time each rhythm or each moon cycle that my daughter has an intensity of emotions? Is she experiencing body changes? Is she getting a lot of changes in cervical fluid? You know, is she experiencing discharge? Starting to talk about and normalise these bodily changes and the, the language of our body helps girls and menstruators to really deeply understand what's happening mm. and helps to prepare them to step into that menarche portal, um, you know, really encouraging them and and helping them to understand what they're going to need to care for themselves and to care for their body and emotional needs as well. Amazing. All right. Yeah. Well, I am literally asking for a friend and this is a very tuned in dad um, that I'm, that I'm asking for. And we were having this discussion on the weekend that, um, you know, all the signs are sort of pointing to that menarche, but uh, he's starting to notice that there is a cycle to her emotions and all of these things are sort of starting to happen in preparation and um you know so it was it was certainly something that I I did say I'd check in with you because we'd be speaking this week so 
Yeah. There you go, Dad. There's uh, there's the research. You're welcome. Um, what I'm, we're going to do is take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about what happens after menarche and everything gets everything gets kicked off. It is quite a journey, and I'm excited to keep walking down this path with you, ladies. We'll be right back with weaving the red thread here on the juice. I'm back with Sahara and Amanda from Weaving the Red Thread. And today we are going on a journey of menstruality. And just in the break, we were having a little chat, Sahara, and you had some uh, tips for my friend that we were uh, we were discussing just before the break that his daughter is showing signs that she will start menarche sort of imminently. Uh, and you had some tips on, um, on ways that uh, parents can prepare uh, their girls for this coming? Yeah, so menarche is an unknown. So being prepared for it is really important. So we can think that all the signs are there and it may not happen and yep. it may happen. So we can't tell the girls or the parents when menarche will actually occur. So being prepared for it is really, really important. And two ways that your friend and parents out there can be prepared is to make sure that they've created a positive menstrual bathroom. So in that bathroom, there are menstrual products already in there and that they've actually explored menstrual products with their daughter and actually gone, okay, well, we've got single-use products, we've got reusable products, you know, what would you like to use and actually get comfortable with these products so that when menarche does occur, we're not having to get comfortable with a new product as well as a new process within our body. Mm. And the other way to be prepared is to have a menstrual kit in your school bag, your sports bag, your out-in-the-world bag, because menarche does happen a lot outside of the world. So if you actually have that with you, and we recommend in a menstrual kit, period undies are fantastic because mm. basically you don't have to do anything but put on a new pair of undies to have some rescue remedy in your kit because there might be shock because you're not uh, prepared for it as much as you're prepared that your menarche is coming. When it comes, you may have no idea that it's arrived until it's arrived. Um, so you might need some emotional um, medicine, which Rescue Remedy is amazing for when we're just shocked and emotionally um, feeling things. And, um, you know, and also on a very practical level to have like a plastic bag in there to put any stained undies in, to have some wipes so that they clean themselves if they need to. And also some essential oils like Lambda, which can be really calming to the system. And the other thing is to have a menarche plan. So if you're not at home with your primary carer, you know, and you're out and about in the world, you're at a friend's house, how have you worked out with your mum or dad? What are you going to do so that you can feel some confidence in the situation than having to work it out in the situation. So if you're at school, is there someone who you'd talk to? Do you want to go home? Um, what would you like to happen? So to actually have these conversations to prepare for a moment in time that no one can tell you when it's going to happen. Mm, absolutely. I love all of that. Uh, and having opening up those conversations before it actually happens, getting comfortable with those products, asking those questions and having that plan in place uh, would give girls a lot of peace of mind uh, for something that is completely unpredictable and the amount of times I'm sure you've heard it that it happens at school camp or it you know it's it's uh, where mum and dad aren't necessarily accessible within 10 minutes it's um yeah seems to be the way doesn't it <laughs> yeah, totally and it creates confidence 
for the girls and by having these conversations too, it normalises this as something to be talked about and something that is a bodily process um, because we definitely have a culture out there for a very long time that says don't talk about this, which leaves our girls, women and menstruators in a place of silence with shame and, you know, if there is dysfunctional needs, they don't even know how to talk about it. So there's not even a language. So the earlier that we start talking to our girls and actually role modeling if there's a female in the household, how they care for themselves when they're um, during their period or throughout the whole menstrual cycle. It just normalizes the whole process for this girl. For most of um, most women and menstruators, you know, they would have grown up in an environment that, you know, menstruation was in the dark. It wasn't mm-hmm. something you saw. It wasn't something you spoke about. Um, and basically, you know, I've heard of people that just received a box of pads or tampons and it was like, read the instructions, work it out, don't talk to me about it. And this creates a world of mental, emotional and physical dysfunction, which affects all levels of our health on a long-term basis. Yeah, you're exactly right there. You're exactly right. Okay, ladies, so menarche has happened. Our first period has happened. And now we go into, as you said, cyclical living. So what does that look like? And cyclical living can take up to two years to establish in a regular pattern. So after the first menarche, we can have some girls and menstruators go straight into monthly rhythms, but a lot of the time it does take time to establish that rhythm and that and that can be up to a two-year process. So we continue to mature our ovaries throughout practising and coming into these cyclical rhythms each menstrual cycle. We begin our bleed with our first day and a normal menstrual cycle or a healthy menstrual cycle generally lasts between 26 and 32 days and then we have our next bleed that comes in. So the menstrual cycle, we have four phases. We can understand those four phases in the energy of the season. So spring being the time that our energy rises, we get a big surge of hormones. We get a beautiful movement towards ovulation, which is our summer energy and vitality, lots of shininess and intensity. Um, And then we come down into our autumn or our luteal phase where we're starting to reduce the estrogen level but we're producing a lot more of this beautiful progesterone hormone, which makes us calm and lovely and nourishing. And if we don't have enough of that progesterone, that's where we start to see dysfunction within the menstrual cycle. We start to see PMS symptoms coming in with intensity or emotional triggering. We might have cramps, migraines, acne there's so many different ways that our body our language of our body can speak to us to really let us know about how that hormonal health is looking internally as well Mm. so we step out of autumn and down into our menstrual cycle or our winter of our cycle where we do need a lot more rest and a lot more self-care and nourishment and, and spaciousness And then we start the next cycle again. The estrogen starts to kick in. Basically, the first day that we start to bleed, our next cycle begins again and starts to stimulate that process. Mm. Yeah. And we live like that for quite a while, don't we? So uh, our our cyclical living, what's the – I mean, everybody's different, but what's the average mm. number of years? I mean, how – like you – 
it's it's difficult to pin down, obviously, but let's just say that we we started as as a twelve year old. That will mm. go kind of well into our forties. As a as a generalization, it can change, can't it? Yeah, and it depends. The amount of menstrual cycles we have also depends on the amount of children we have as well. So right. we have a time frame between around twelve to around. 45 to 55 is our general menstrual cyclical life. Within that, if we're having, if we're focused on fertility and we've got conceptions and pregnancy and babies, we'd have less cycles because we don't bleed when we're pregnant. And when we're breastfeeding, we do have an extended time that we don't get our menstrual cycle back for as well. Yeah. But it's it's close on four decades of, of menstrual cyclical living. It's, it's a big journey. It is a huge journey, a huge journey. And understanding, as, you, as you're talking about, understanding it as seasonal or moon phases, however you wanted to look at it, that it, it is uh, a whole month process and, it, and we are living in a cycle cycle uh, is a beautiful way to look at it and to really Mm. notice what's going on in our bodies and nourish ourselves for what we need in that period of our cycle Mm. right the way through, uh, not just our winter that, you know, there are things that we need in spring, summer, autumn. Uh, And um, and I think that that's a revelation for a lot of people because we only look at that one week, that winter, and looking at the whole cycle is just uh, a whole new way of living and Mm -hmm. one where we can be truer to ourselves and understand what's going on with our energy levels and don't expect that we're going to be superwoman right the way through our cycle because it's just not achievable. We're not robots. We're working on a cycle that has ebbs and flows. Yep, totally. And women who work with their cycle, they actually align with the creative rhythm of energy that is inherent within our cycle. And certain companies that have um, menstrual leave where women can actually take leaves that can look different from taking Um, the day off or days off to working at home, to working on certain tasks. So it's, you know, unique to the individual and companies. They're some of the most productive workers out there because for anyone we know if we rest, then our productivity will increase because we're present. But if we actually are working with the menstrual cycle and that rising energy and then the beginning of the decreasing energy is awesome time for reflection, for editing, for looking at things with a very sharp eye and seeing what works and doesn't work within whatever you're creating. So there's a whole creative system which flows throughout the four seasons and when we align that with our work our work can be so much more productive including the ability for rest within it because within a linear patriarchy society that focuses on basically the high summer energy high productivity high vitality high presence every single day it's not a sustaining system which is why we see for men and females Um, burnout and we see all these chronic lifestyle diseases out there they are saying the way that we function doesn't support our system Um, so if we actually sink in and live in alignment with our seasons not only is it supporting us on a holistic well-being level it's actually supporting us on a holistic creative level as well Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, what we might do is we're going to take a break and when we come back, we're going to talk to the ladies about the next part of our journey, the third M, and we will be right back with the girls from Weaving the Red Thread right here on The Juice. 
today has been an absolutely fascinating discussion and we've been talking about the framework that girls and women and older women work through in their lives. And it is an absolutely beautiful journey. And so far, we've delved into menarche. So when the menstrual periods actually start for our girls, we've gone into what cyclical living looks like. And that is a fair chunk of our lives as a menstruator. So that is, you know, getting getting on to four decades of, um, of cyclical living. Now the body is shifting into another phase. So let's talk about that. Mm, so we shift into what many people might call perimenopause mm. and weaving we've we've reframed that to be the menstrual menopause transition right. because menopause I'm sure was designed as a celebration by a man but menopause scientific definition of menopause is 12 months after we've had our last period so we haven't bled for 12 months it's a it's a gateway moment of acknowledgement of the end of our menstrual cyclical living unfortunately because it's not well understood that menopause is just this moment we've got a lot of terminology coming out around dysfunction or or being a menopausal woman Mm. and some of the dysfunction being really normalized around our menopause transition and you know that could be from experiencing hot flushes to brain fog and fatigue to exhaustion and overwhelm to dysfunction within our menstruality system of having different types of bleeds so heavier or lighter bleeds or missing cycles altogether and then suddenly bleeding again. And so we have this dysfunction being normalised as that's menopause, that's Mm. what you should expect, where we know that if we're living a life that's aligned with our menstrual cyclical living and we're embedding self-care within our menstrual cycle and we're really listening into our body's needs and listening to that language that's being spoken, menopause transition can be a really beautiful time and it can be a time of awakening the next stage of our life that we don't need an internal rhythm to keep us within that flow we now rhythm with the moon and we have our own menstrual our own rhythm that we hold love that I absolutely love that. So when the body transitions, I mean, we, we as you say, uh, menopausal, uh, we have mood swings, uh, you know, and that is what we would call perimenopause, I suppose. And that can go for sometimes up to 10 years, can't it? Those, those like where the body's sort of trying to sort itself out a little bit. Yeah, so it can be like a 10, 15-year process, like puberty and menarche is a gateway into cyclical living and establishing cyclical living. The menstrual menopause transition is a gateway out where this rhythm is dissolving. Mm. Um, And so by 38, 40, you're actually in the beginning of the menstrual menopause transition, which most people are not aware of at all. And if they're having symptomology or language of the body, they may be going to a health practitioner and going, you know, I have headaches or there's a change in my menstrual cycle, it's getting heavier. Um, and it's not actually related to menstrual menopause um, symptoms. And to actually have this awareness that once we're in our 40s, there is change going on within our system. And like we prepare the girls for menarche because this is an unknowing, 
menopause, the moment of menopause is an unknown as well. We can't tell anyone when that's going to happen. You can look at your genetics and go, when did my mum experience menopause? What was her journey like before menopause and post-menopause, which can give you some idea of what you may experience. But the way that we live highly affects that experience as well. So we need to look at our stress levels and we need to support rejuvenation within the body. So the function of the ovaries goes across to the adrenal glands and the Mm. adrenal glands are what support us when we're in stress. So when we're transitioning through the menstrual menopause transition, it's really, really important that we nourish our system to be able to deal with stress because if our adrenal glands are just dealing with daily life stress, they can't take on the new role of actually supporting the diminishing role of the ovaries. So something Amanda and I are as passionate about as preparing the girls for menarche and menstrual cyclical living, supporting women and menstruators to understand cyclical self-care so that they can work with their cycle, is supporting women and menstruators out by actually creating nourishment and self-care so that they can transition within how their body works as the menstrual cycle is ebbing and coming to a stop. Mm. And I think a lot of people, uh, because we do have an obsession with youth, and I think that a lot of people would be actually quite taken aback to know that uh, I want to say perimenopause, correct me, (laughs) menstrual menopause transition thank you menstrual menopause transition can start to happen around 38 40 i think Mm. that we we kind of push that uh to the back of our heads and we think that that's something that our mums worry about and then all of a sudden here we are and we're you know in our in our 40s and Mm. sort of maybe as a bit of a defense mechanism not really tacking tapping into the changes that are starting to happen. Uh, and I guess because of the way that we're setting up our careers now and, uh, and you know, the life choices that we make is that, you know, it may be that in a lot of cases, uh, you know, 38 is when you're, you've got your home, you're married and you go, okay, I want to start having children and then it becomes a challenge because mm-hmm. we don't actually understand that those those changes actually start happening, um, you know, probably earlier than we would like to admit. <laughs> yeah, and look, I work in clinical practice with a lot of women between the ages of 38 and 42 to support fertility. And when we're looking at age and, and choice of conception, it's not actually our age that's the most impactful factor on our fertility levels. I would say it's our holistic and hormonal health. So I've worked with women at 25 who struggle with fertility for many reasons, but mainly because their diet, lifestyle and and cyclical self-care are out of balance with what their body is really needing to be nourished and vital and well. Mm. So when we do come and, you know, we do come to times in our life that we are still fertile and still until we go into that menopause transition and we have the cessation of our last period, we we still have the capacity to create fertility and pregnancies. And often it's one of the disclaimers when we're working with women around menstrual cyclical health and the menopause transition is be aware 
you are still fertile right until the moment that you stop menstruating. So it's it's a depth of understanding that, you know, in our life phases, like I'm, I'm fabulous 40 this year and I'm using it as an awareness tool around the fact that I'm, I'm in the transition moment. I'm not in menstrual, I'm not in menopause. I'm preparing my health, my well-being and looking after my body as I step into the autumn of my life, which our society, you're right, doesn't value in terms of fertility and shininess and the maidenhood energy but is such a value because when we start to look at the wisdom that we hold throughout our menstrual years and we start to step into our power, we start to bring our energy of everything we've learnt into this next transformational journey or this gateway moment that we step through as we come into menopause and and we see a lot of women starting to take charge of their health and starting to really align and recognise the importance of self-care as they step out of the intensity of their mothering time and into their menopausal gateway as well. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. So we're going through this transition and things that we can expect we've talked about. So your periods may be lighter or heavier. They may be spaced Mm -hmm. out. They may be closer together. Uh, You start to notice these changes. Now, what can women do to sort of support themselves during that time um, when they start to notice it? Is it something that they should reach out for help with um, to get them to understand more? Because that that murky period um, before um, menopause, and I put that in inverted commas because it is like, you know, a, a one-day event that is a year since your last period. So, you know, the the leading up to that – uh, there isn't a lot of education or understanding around it. No, there's not. And it's really interesting when we work with the mothers with the mother-daughter workshops and the mums are like, I want the girls to understand what's happening and can you help me understand what's happening for me? Because like the girls don't have the stories of menarche and menstrual cyclical living because we've lived in this culture of don't talk about it. It's the same on the other end. So we haven't heard the stories from our grandmothers and our mums about how they've actually transitioned through the menstrual menopause transition and into menopause and into their mature years. So something Amanda and I have got a project for later this year is to start to talk to the women and start to collect their stories because in their stories we start to hear the medicine of how you can support yourself. So I'll let Amanda talk about herbal self-care that is definitely really huge this um, for this particular period of life and all stages of life. But before I hand over, I just want to mention the biggest thing that I'm hearing from talking to women who are further along the journey than me. I'm 46. I'm definitely in the transition. I have a regular cycle and I'm super curious just where I'm going. So I'm talking to women to hear their stories. And the biggest medicine that everyone talks about is about creating spaciousness spaciousness in your life so you know when you're in your inner autumn and you're moving towards your inner winter in the menstrual cycle and your ability to handle the things in your life that aren't working for you decreases Um, this particular period of your life is a period where 
all the stuff comes up that needs to be reconciled with, it needs to be um, cleansed, it needs to be finished. We need to actually reconcile our life to this point and make peace with it, with all the things that life has given us and hasn't given us and how our choices have created a life that we've enjoyed or we haven't enjoyed or, you know, hopefully in between where there's moments of both so that we can move through this gateway into our mature years, claiming and living our power in a place of freedom. So Mm. when people talk about all these symptoms of the menstrual menopause transition, some of them are about how do I clean out my system? Because my whole system is reframing itself physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, um, mentally, I think I said that, to a whole new way of being like you do at Menarche. So this huge transition is recalibrating. Even our brain recalibrates like the puberty brain recalibrates. We're recalibrating to become the next version of ourselves. And the wisdom from the women who have gone through this is create spaciousness in your life so that you can be with yourself and you can self-care. And a lot of that self-care is doing nothing. It is resting. And in talking to friends who are in their early 40s and hearing their stresses, it's almost like the body is asking us or life is asking us to slowly start to create stronger self-care boundaries. So as we're transitioning through our 40s, this buffer zone of spaciousness gets bigger and bigger and bigger that we can sit within and actually process. You're exactly right. And I, I even noticed that as you're talking within within myself that I no longer want to create a schedule that is chaotic. Mm -hmm. I've worked out that no one gives you a medal for it to start with. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) but society would believe you, like, wants you to believe that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I'm just like, no, I I don't want to be chaotic with my schedule, my weekly schedule, and I I do want to have the space to, um, you know, to rest or to nourish myself or um, to be introverted if I want to. I don't have to be on all the time. And I'm, I'm, my boundaries, I can feel them getting stronger and stronger around that and, um, and I'm less willing to accept that. And you're exactly right. It is, you know, my body going, okay, look, you need to calm down. And, you know, you need to, you need to create that space for this change to happen within your body. And I think that we are, um, as, as mums, like I remember when, when my girls started with their menarche, um, you know, we, we do give them a lot of love and care and a lot of support. Uh, but at the other end of that, it can be a little bit of a lonely journey because we don't talk about it. Um, I can't think of one menopause story that I know I can't Mm, and uh, out of all the women in my life it's just something that's not talked about and so you can be left feeling a little bit like what the hell is going on and I feel really unsupported and I uh I don't really understand why this is happening but you know that just gives so much clarity as to what is actually you know the body is an amazing thing, isn't it? It tells you. And if you stop and listen and you create that space to li- to listen to it, it will tell you what it needs. Mm. And, you know, I think it's really important to recognise as well, menopause symptoms are not something that are experienced by every culture. So when we have cultures that are aligned with 
living in a cyclical way with eating nutritious food in reducing stress as the biggest impact on the busyness of our life. When we have a life that is aligned with our health and well-being, menopause is, as Sahara was talking about, this, um, this time of journey of through the biological timeline of a framework of opportunity to release and, and renew and, and harvest and reflect and move into those mature years with empowerment. But the actual symptomology of menopause is language of dysfunction. Yes. So when we when we start to really acknowledge that when we're looking at stepping in with either herbal medicine or listening deeply listening to our self-care boundaries and starting to do what you have been doing Louise of I'm aware, I'm conscious, I'm I'm ready, I'm listening to my body and recognizing where do you need help and support. But how we begin our journey what endocrine disruptors we've used throughout our menstrual cyclical life, what hormonal interrupters have come in, like the pill, like the marina, like the implanon, um, you know, all of the other injections and hormonal changes that control and manage the menstrual cycle, they have a flow-on impact into how we experience and and how we work through our menopause transition as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we go into our menopause transition and what can we expect once we have had our last period? I'm not sure because I haven't had it. (laughs) And wouldn't we love those stories? I want to know the stories exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, we can talk from theory which Amanda and I are really aware that, you know, there's a certain area in the menstruality journey that's ahead of us, which is why it's so important to talk to the women who are ahead of us. There's the principles of naturopathic medicine that support um, Mm. that we can utilise, but as to what the actual experience is. um, Great question. No, I haven't experienced it, so I I don't have an experiential answer to give. um, From talking to women who have gone through with, Conscious awareness, conscious mm. self-care, they say that it is amazing on the other side. Mm, so that right. is really interesting to hear those stories versus a lot of the negative press yeah. that we have out there and the disregard that we have for women who are post-menopause and who are in their mature years. Mm-hmm. These are some of the most powerful women that you could come across. These women have insights from living that actually can shape and influence culture moving forward. Experience tells us stuff. So whenever we practice something, whether that's menstrual cyclical living, we practice yoga, we practice nutritional eating, it is a practice, it's a doing, it takes us from one place to another place and we're cultivating an outcome usually of vitality and well-being through our practice or relaxation and nourishment. So on the other side, we have these women who have lived lives, especially the ones who are conscious and who are empowered, and they now are actually in a very empowered place from a lived experience where they now hold the movement of the creative rhythm within their being without having a biological framework to hold it. So mm-hmm. it sounds like an incredibly powerful place, not only for the for the woman herself, but for the people that she influences and holds because she has this incredible capacity through lived wisdom 
to actually offer wisdom. Yes, mm. absolutely amazing. Ladies, I really thank you for walking us through this journey today. Uh, it has been beautiful to hear the different, uh, you know, phases that we go through as women and that if we really tap in and listen to ourselves that it's just the journey. It's nothing mm-hmm. to be scared of, to not talk about, to have shame around. Uh, you know, these are all beautiful parts of our story and um, mm-hmm. and part of the tapestry as to, you know, who we become as women. So mm-hmm. I really thank you for opening up this conversation. And I know that a lot of people will get a lot out of this, no matter where they sit in their journey. And, uh, yeah, I really think that the work you're doing is so important and If you have a story that you would like to share with uh, us here at The Juice and with Sahara and Amanda, listen, email thejuice Mm -hmm. at newcastlelive.com.au. We would love to hear them and collate them. Ladies, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us today. This has been an extra special version Mm -hmm. of The Juice where we talk about our journey as women. And I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much, Louise.